Well, hello there. Hi, guys. This is Jen. And Casey. And we're coming to you live, but no longer live. But for us, it's live. <laughs> but hopefully we're not dead. We're, like, still alive, but... Yes, exactly. <laughs> With... Okay, so scratch that. <laughs> this we're is the... Chattahoochee. Probably the fourth episode, if I remember correctly. Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. We're back at you. This week, we are uh, doing a little bit of a new strategy where we have no idea what the questions are. Um, so, we you pick, know. We picked these out several weeks ago, <laughs> but I'm sure they're all still very relevant. Utmost <laughs> <laughs> <Not> relevant. <laughs> all right, what's our first question? <laughs> all right, so, uh, just to remind you, we will be bringing to you the freshest and hottest of questions from Yahoo Answers, and... Uh, hopefully imparting some wisdom to the internet and to our listeners. My frontal lobe is fully developed now. Oh, yes, it's official. Uh, <laughs> Casey is now 26, which means she has a fully <laughs> formed frontal lobe and she just wants to flex it. <laughs> so let's see what, let's see what this baby can do. <laughs> All right, Casey, let's. Let's see what you can do with this. What I need to know, and what this Bard of Ireland is the username from Yahoo Answers is asking, in society and culture, do you ever feel a call to the wild? Uh, There's a very long explanation for this. Do you want me to read it to you, or should we just go with that? I want you to read it to me. All right, here's what this guy wants to know. Do you ever feel a call to the wild? Whenever I'm out, say, in the mountains, either driving through them or going for a short walk with family, I want to run off and immerse myself in it. I see a sunny moorland with yellow swaying grass, and I want to wander in it and sit on the edge of a cliff and watch the sun go down, and I want to camp by a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Only thing that puts me off is sleeping on my own at night. If I could get over that, I'd be okay. My uncle once camped years ago in the Wicklow Mountains and ran home to Dublin in the middle of the night after he heard a sound. I was in the Scouts for nine years, so I have experience. (laughs) I just love not bumping into anyone in the quiet, and I think it goes back to when we were eight men. (laughs) We want to be among the trees. Ireland used to be covered in forests, mainly oak, and we're a forest people without a forest. Don't get me wrong, I love to socialize, but I'm mostly introverted, and I have to have some quiet time and peace, and then I can go back to the noise. But I don't like being in noisy places 24-7, so let me reiterate. Casey, do you ever feel a call to the wild? Short answer, yes. Long answer? Yes. Long answer? Obviously, of course I do. I think, going back to biology, I think this is rooted in overpopulation. We have surpassed our carrying capacity on this planet, And I think some part of our primal brains knows that and is like, you need to get away from all these other people because this is a great way to catch many diseases. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Living in a city. I mean, sanitation is pretty good, but it's just like, it's not likely to be. And our brains know that. (laughs) It's a little bit of a fragile sanitation system. I know this very well. One week, my roommates and I tried to put our trash out on the sidewalk, but it was too heavy for the garbage men to lift. And then because we, there was like a whole chicken carcass as well as a watermelon in there. You know. I mean, how much can a chicken weigh? I mean, like 10 pounds. 
It's not that much, and then you eat it, and then it's like bones. Guess what the limit for, like, weight of our garbage is? Our garbage bag. 15 pounds. What? (laughs) No, it's 45. (laughs) Do you know how many 15 pounds is? Yeah, but you made it sound like, (laughs) you made it sound like your trash was really not heavy at all, so I lowballed it. (laughs) But there's also a watermelon. There's a watermelon that just no one wanted to eat. My roommate Marvin, like, froze it, or, (laughs) so it was disgusting. Anyway, so we had to, my roommate Jay and I had to dig through the trash, take out the heavy parts of the trash, or, like, half the heavy parts, and put them in another trash bag. It was the most disgusting experience. (laughs) It was so gross. It was, I really wanted to die a little bit. Um, so, basically, the sanitation system in the city (laughs) can fail pretty easily, and you can end up knee-deep in a chicken carcass, and... Your brain knows that, basically. (laughs) And in that moment when I was smelling those disgusting smells, I definitely felt the call of the wild. I definitely wanted to run away from our garbage and live in the forest. Um, Basically, it's really not super... It's not, it doesn't make all the sense to live in as crowded spaces as we do now. So it makes sense that you want to be around people, but at the same, at the same time, run away into the forest. And I think there's an easy solution, since you don't want to be alone at night, but you also want to run up into the forest, find another ape man like yourself, (laughs) or an ape lady, whatever you want, or a non-binary ape person, (laughs) and run into the woods with them. Problem solved. Or get a dog. Oh, Call of the Wild. Yeah. Or or a, a wolf dog. A wolf dog. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, are we going back on our wolf dog opinion? <laughs> no, Don't get a wolf let's dog. Not, let's not revisit that. Get a nice husky and run to the woods with them. Um, I'd say you sum that up pretty well, Casey. I don't think I have anything to add. Other Jen, than... do you feel the Call of the Wild? Um, yeah, I think I think I do. I mean, I don't. I haven't really camped much, actually, but I do like being outside, and I do like being away from people, so those are things that are appealing to me. Really, the biggest thing that is deterring me from spending more time outside are bugs. And bugs. poison ivy. <laughs> bugs. And poison <laughs> ivy, because I am terribly allergic to poison ivy, and any time I'm in the woods... I'm, like, kind of on edge and looking for poison ivy all the time. And that's a little off-putting for me. But I see where he's coming from. And I definitely like being on the water, especially on the lake. I would just do that all time. All all time. All time. (laughs) All time. Uh, Full time. Full time. Full time. Part time. I personally am not allergic to poison ivy, but I also hate bugs. Mm. I wish I could, like take your what your your essence and infuse it into my body um jen is a geneticist so if anyone could do it you could you could splice my um poison ivy imperceptibility in wait no imperviability into your dna genome but (laughs) but the problem but see, the problem... I've thought about this. You've thought about <laughs> taking my jeans? <laughs> yes. Even though you don't wear jeans very often, I've thought about taking your jeans. And, my one pair of jeans. And the problem is that 
you would need to get that since I am a, you know, post mitotic being. Uh, <laughs> That's generous, but okay. <laughs> I would need to get your genes into each of my cells. You know what right. I mean? Like, so you need some sort of bacteria or something. Bacteria. It, 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 I could do it like a viral, yeah, a viral vector, I guess. Yeah. But really, the Catch thing to disease. do is to to do it at the gamete level or the, yeah. So you could give your children my genes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you saying you want to have a baby with me? Because it's kind of what it's I'm it not. <laughs> so you're saying you don't want to have a baby with me? Okay. I'm not saying that either. <laughs> I, see, I see how it is. Okay. Let's... <laughs> this is excellent because the next question also from society and culture is where do we go from here <laughs> and really where do we go from here casey I really where do, do we go from here i feel like i picked out this question <laughs> but also don't have a good answer to it where do we go from here well it's up to us <laughs> but is it oh my well, i think we have free will what do you think <laughs> um I don't, I mean, I think that there is some degree of free will, but I also think, I mean, we're, we're creatures, we have instincts, we, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's stuff going on at a level that we don't really perceive or understand or are conscious of, and if those things are influencing our decisions, do we really have free will? I think we have free will in some in some decisions. Right. It's like the id, ego, and superego. Yeah. We have free will. The free will, I guess, is the ego. And then the superego is the societal pressures on your free will. And then the id is your own internal instinctual pressures on free will. But I do think that it behooves all of us to believe in our own free will and have confidence in it. Because... There's a term in psychology called self-efficacy that I'm sure you know, and having high self-efficacy is basically believing in your own free will and believing in your power to make your own decisions and influence outcomes in your life, and high levels of self-efficacy are associated with basically a ton of good outcomes. You want to be self-efficacious. People with low self-efficacy, well... Low self-efficacy is highly correlated with depressive symptoms. So Mm. basically, it makes you sad to feel like you don't have free will. I can understand that. But do you think... I feel like if there are lots of bad things going on in your life, Mm -hmm. then, okay, I feel like that's a confounding factor. Because if lots of bad things are going on in your life, you might be depressed, but I feel like it could be, like reassuring to think these bad things aren't happening because of choices that I've made. Mm -hmm. These bad things are happening because it's predetermined that they'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. And bad things can cause low self-efficacy and also depression. Yeah. So it's not necessarily causal. I feel like they have supported its causality because if you do like cognitive behavioral therapy with someone and increase their self-efficacy, it also improves their depressive symptoms. Yeah. And I feel like even if you are in a bad situation and you believe that it's predetermined that you were going to be in this tough spot, that would still be depressing because then you feel powerless to get out of it. Right. It's learned helplessness. Yeah. It's like when you put a rat in a cage and 
you like the walls are too high for it to get out, then it'll try and try. Yeah. And then give up. And then even if you make the walls lower, it won't necessarily try, even if it could get out. Right, right. So you want to you wanna be a rat who believes in yourself. You wanna really keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we go from here. Wherever yeah. we want. <laughs> yeah. Uh take the wheel and break it. <laughs> And just go careening, <laughs> careening wherever you please. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe we don't have that much free will. Uh, um, we should make a disclaimer though. Don't do, take our advice. Take our advice, but we're not responsible for anything that right. may or may not happen right. because of it. Exactly. Yes, that should be our motto. All right, let's go on. Let's where we go from here is to the next question, which is. I have a question for yeah. Jen. Um, why do people like to watch sports? I have never understood it. It is so boring to me and seems so stupid to watch. Why they don't want to do things like read books or study or watch documentaries. I feel like this question is like written by a character who's like the, the quintessential nerd. But this is a great question for Jen because Jen likes to watch sports. I... I'm not the biggest fan of sports. I have bad associations with football because I used to have to play my snare drum in the freezing cold <laughs> at football games. <laughs> and I just couldn't feel my fingers, but I had to use them rhythmically. So, Jen, why do people such as yourself like to watch sports? This is This is an interesting question because I feel like it's... It, lumping all sports together is like it's like saying why do people like to have hobbies or like why do people you know what i mean like oh. each i feel like there are so many different sports and there may be a variety of reasons that people like to watch different ones sure. so i think there in general are a couple different reasons um so you can think of it on sort of like an intellectual level, like people, depending on the sport, there can be a lot of strategy involved. Mm -hmm. So people might be really interested in like seeing the different plays. Like I know in football, it's like lots of mind games are going on. Like there are trick plays and mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that much about football, mm -hmm. but I feel like some people might be really into it for the strategy behind it. I feel like some people really like it because it's sort of like, a manifestation of, like, our aggressive sides. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, the physical, I don't know, like, superiority that everyone wants right. to have. And it's, like, really thrilling to see people do, like, very physically impressive things. Yeah. And that can be, like, just on its own a very fun thing to watch. And it can also be fun to, like, live vicariously through that. Yeah. And be like, wow, imagine what it's like to be that strong or that yeah. fast. Um, There's an element of schadenfreude as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I think. if people do people bad. love, yeah, people love seeing people get hurt and Yeah, do that's true. During the Super Bowl this year, I watched at least part of it with my parents and they really wanted, <laughs> they might not want me to publicize this, but they really wanted, okay, who was it? It was the, like, do you remember who was in the Super Bowl? It was the Patriots, right? It was the right? Patriots versus the, 
I don't know, the Packers or Steelers or I don't know, some some team. It was a team. I think it was the Steelers. I don't remember. But my parents really wanted the Patriots to lose because everyone, like, in our local area, obviously, is super into the Patriots. And they, like, <laughs> that was some sort of weird, twisted, like, counterculture schadenfreude <laughs> going on in my household. It was hilarious. But I got into it, too. I was like, yeah, it would be kind of funny if everyone were really upset about this thing that my family considers kind of trivial. Mm. Like, it's kind of mean of us. Yeah. But we just, like, we were doing our own family bonding. <laughs> well, that that sort of, in a way, ties into what I think is the main reason, I don't know, in my mind, that people like to watch sports. Be, and I think that's because of the sense of community that it brings. Yeah. So, so like, think of, think of the different scale that sport can bring people together on so there can be a local level like oh i'm rooting for my local high school football team Mm -hmm. at the state championship Mm -hmm. or oh i'm rooting for the local college Mm -hmm. in the national championship or oh i'm rooting for the you know the regional professional baseball Mm -hmm. team you know there's no main baseball team but hey boston's pretty close so (laughs) i'm gonna root for the red Sox and hopefully beat the rest of the country or if you think of the Olympics, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the Olympics is about like, oh, the pinnacle of, of human ability, Elite which, athlete. yeah, which goes back to what I was saying before, but definitely part of it is, you know, country pride right. against other countries. So I think there's that community level and there's yeah. also a, a family level where uh-huh. like, I like watching, baseball is my favorite sport to watch. And I like watching that because I have, a, like, a family connection. Like, my grandmother really likes watching baseball. Mm-hmm. So that made me like baseball. Whereas no one in my family really watched basketball. So I don't really watch basketball. I'm not that interested in it. Although I will root for the local team just because the people around me are rooting for it. So I think of it as mainly, like, a cultural... A cultural draw. That is a really interesting answer, and it makes me appreciate sports more. I think it's really interesting how people seem to kind of so strongly affiliate with a sports team of their state or something, and it seems like they think that, or they feel that, how their sports team does reflects upon the abilities and the quality of the people in the entire state. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting. I think something that's interesting about sports is that it it very much brings people together who otherwise might not have much in common. Like, you know, like there's kind of a trope that in TV or in movies or something where like a group of people, like a group of men get together and they don't really want to be hanging out. Like they're like in-laws or something, but They'll talk about sports. Yeah. And I feel like sports, because it's so pervasive and because so many people are interested in it, it really gives you a common ground to talk to a wide variety of people that you might otherwise not have very much to talk to yeah. about. I think yeah. that's really cool. Wow. You've enlightened me. <laughs> I do think it's... I Okay, before you taught me about the community aspect, I did think that it was more of a playing out our sort of war fantasies because we haven't had a war really in this country since the civil war yeah so we haven't been able to like have that much blood sport you know yeah. like people getting hurt people like one team fighting another team um 
based on just geography. Yeah. Um, like seeing who's the best, the best trained, the most physically competent. And yeah, people get super injured sometimes and people just like them. <laughs> they're kind of into it. I went to a demolition derby once and I don't know if that counts as a sport, but I did love it way more than I thought I would. I definitely felt the bloodlust. <laughs> I really wanted to see cars get crushed. It was great. Although, I don't know, there's definitely countries where there is like ongoing war, mm-hmm. but they're still really into, you know, soccer or whatever. That's true. That's So I don't true. think it's I definitely think it extends beyond living out our primal urges for yeah beating people <laughs> yeah i think i think that there's more to it there is there definitely is so the next time i want to talk to you about baseball casey rem- remember this conversation i i don't i don't wanna <laughs> you don't wanna all right so casey is a semi trained Psychological professional. I have over one and a half degrees in psychology-related fields. Yes. And I have, I, you know, I am technically employed by the government. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) In a mental health capacity. She's a (laughs) G-man. Is that a thing? G-man? Yeah. Yeah, Sure, like government? I've never heard of that. I think it's from a video game. Okay. All right. So this person says, can someone help me? I have depression. I know that's probably what this is. I'm probably going through a down cycle, but I don't see the point anymore. Why do we have to work our whole lives? We only have about 100 years on this planet and we work for 70 of it and then we're too old and weak to do any of the stuff we work so hard to be able to do. I've lost motivation to do anything. I barely get out of bed. What would you say to this person? That, I mean... It's definitely a strength that they recognize that this is a symptom of depression and not necessarily a super accurate depiction of the world in the future. There's a basically a cognitive sort of distortion that happens when people have depression where they have overly negative views of, they call it the trifecta of the self, the future, and the world. So they have like poor self-esteem they see the future as bleak and they see the world as a very harsh place Mm. which maybe those things are true but they just have a bias of recognizing those things over more positive things so this yeah it's definitely a, a depressive sort of question to ask but also i understand where they're coming from in a you know non-biased kind of way um I'm guessing this is someone who has a job that they don't enjoy and is not looking forward to working um, until retirement and then not being able to enjoy retirement, which is totally a legitimate concern. I would definitely, like, recommend that they seek out a career path that they might enjoy more. So that they don't feel like they're wasting time by working. Like, if you... I mean, it's not super easy to just get a career you love, but just work toward it. And even just taking steps toward it will make you feel better. Um, If you are looking forward to traveling when you retire, try to find a job where you can travel. 
if you're looking forward to spending time with your family more when you're tired, try to get something maybe where you're working from home and you can spend more time with family. There's really no way around like capitalism. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could live in a commune or have a farm or go off the grid. <laughs> I mean, if it's really making you sad to like be living in a capitalist society, I would recommend maybe going off the grid. Like it's better than killing yourself. Like if it's either like you're going to kill yourself or like you're going to be miserable, like definitely take the third option of going off the grid. <laughs> So that's my great advice for the week. <laughs> go off the grid, everybody. I, I want to see no people on this grid. Go, go off the grid and then report back to us on our website. <laughs> <laughs> go off the grid and then come back. Come, like, just visit a Starbucks real quick. Grab somebody's phone. Just send us an email. Chattahoochee at gmail.com. Ask Chattahoochee Ask at gmail.com. And let us know how it's going for you. I would be willing to bet that you're going to be in a better mood. Anyway, where's it going? <laughs> um... I personally never worry about, like, not being able to enjoy my life until after retirement because I feel like I have enough spare time to enjoy things now. Is that weird? Do you ever feel like that, Jen? Um, I mean, I feel like there's definite, it's definitely problematic to put all of your, like, dependence of happiness on your career. Because sometimes you're just, you might not like what you're doing and you definitely should do everything to the best of your ability to be pursuing a career that you enjoy. But I feel like the vast majority of people would say that they're not doing their dream job. They're not doing a job that they enjoy. So I think we need to accept the fact that finding something that is like, not just sort of a daily grind for this person that like that might not be a possibility and if that's not a possibility what can they do about their feelings of depression Mm -hmm. and I feel like yes there definitely is enough time in the day I mean I don't know what else these people have going on in their lives but there should be enough time in the day or on the weekends to find other activities that they find you know, emotionally and, uh, what's it, something other than emotional? Like, you know, like, um, like mentally, yeah, like mentally fulfilling. Um, and they should try to figure out what it is that is fulfilling for them. That could be, you know, being creative. I think for me, like creating something and seeing a finished product at the end is something that makes me feel like accomplish something so maybe try creating something volunteering maybe you just like to relax and watch netflix and if that's something that you find enjoyable and fulfilling then do that in your free time netflix and chill with yourself yeah (laughs) um um this is reminding me of i don't know if you've heard this thing that nick offerman said nick offerman is ron from from parks Parks and rec Rec. but he also has stand-up i think this was during one of his stand-up routines he said that he hates the term TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Because he sees it as a symptom of a society that is living for the weekend and not enjoying their jobs. Yeah. And maybe capitalism is bad and we need to stop doing it. I don't know. But also, my English teacher in high school, Mr. Clofus, he was a really interesting dude. He 
absolutely berated me for having a terrible French accent in a poem that I was supposed to recite. But also he said some wise things. And one of them was, okay, we were all, the whole class was just silently working on our papers. And he said, I don't know if this is a quote from something. And it's a really simple thing, but it stuck with me. He said, be happy in your work. And I still sometimes think about that. If I'm working, like I have a job right now, just like to pay for grad school where I am making lobster rolls for like 10 hours some days and it can get really monotonous. Um, But I try to remember like, be happy in your work. And I guess it is sort of related to the concept of happiness being a choice. Right. Which some people have said, I don't really know if that's true, but some people say happiness is a choice. And I don't know if this will work for you, but maybe like try being at work and just try being happy in your work. Right. Like even if you, if there are aspects of your work that you really don't enjoy, try to find something that you do enjoy in it. Like maybe you really like the people that you work with so you can focus on like, oh, I enjoy spending time with these people. Yeah. Or maybe there's one part of your job that you enjoy doing. You can be like, oh, I got to do this part of my job today. And, like, I did a really good job at that. Or um, just, like, finding small things throughout your day that you can appreciate and look back on at the end of the day and say, this was something that made my day better. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely what you said about coworkers resonates with me. There have been times when I've had different jobs when I really didn't want to do the work that I had to do. But what stops me from just, like, not doing it and leaving forever and going off the grid is that I care about my coworkers. You know, people you spend time with, like, maybe 40 hours a week, uh, you bond with them and you get to know them and you care about them. And if I ever, like, had a sort of idea in the back of my head just automatically, like, hey, or you could not do this stupid thing and I don't want to do. But then... Someone else on my team would have to do it. Someone else would have to pick up that slack if I got lazy. And I care enough about those people and I respect them that even when I don't want to do the work, I do the work. So maybe, yeah, draw strength from the people around you. And maybe you don't have any coworkers, but, you know. There must be, yeah, there must be something. Yeah, there must be something. Well, hopefully there's something that motivates you enough to carry on in your work. And if not, go off the grid. I'm sure there are other solutions that we're not creative enough to think of. Um, you could rob a bank. Okay, <laughs> the thing about brainstorming is you get get all your bad ideas out. <laughs> and then you'll find the good ones buried at the bottom of the bad ones. It's like apples. Rob a bank. Turn to the dark web. Invest Turn, in- <laughs> that's so vague. What are you going to do with the dark web? I, I, if that's up for them, that, uh, they got to decide that on their own. Uh, invest in cryptocurrency. All, all of the different cryptocurrencies. Crypto kitties. Have you heard of crypto kitties? No. Um, I don't really understand it. There are these kitties. They're cryptic. They're just made of code, you know? You can breed them. People buy them for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Holy cow. I don't really know why. I want one. Like their code, they sort of get a copyright of the code so no one else can have the exact same kitty. But obviously you can take a screenshot of a kitty and have it. I don't really understand why it's so expensive. Rich people just are bored and they want to spend money on electronic Uh, kitties. On on my old phone, 
Maybe it's on your phone, Casey. I'd have to check. There was an Easter egg. Like, so in each version of Android, there's a hidden, like, thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so in the last version of Android, it was cats. Mm -hmm. So you do this thing, and it unlocks cats that you can get for your phone, and you leave... Like that you go there's like a secret menu in your phone and you pick what kind of food you want to leave out for the cat what? and based on what food you leave out, it'll spawn a new cat after a certain length of time. Is this what is taking up all the storage in my phone? <laughs> no, you have to know you have to have done it willingly and knowingly. <laughs> um but it was like so exciting to see the new cats come. It'd be like you'd get an alert on your phone that says a new cat has arrived, <laughs> and they'd be different colors. And sometimes you'd get a duplicate, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is boring." Wow, it's like Pokemon cards. Yes, exactly. Got to catch them all. Yeah. What What other ideas? Do we have any other ideas for this person who can barely get out of bed because they don't want to participate in capitalism? Um, marry rich. Marry rich. It depends. You know. But does money, does money, can money buy happiness? To a certain extent, I think it can. I mean, well, it definitely helps. Studies show that it it helps, but there's sort of a, there you can max out. Yeah. Like, once you're comfortable and you can, like, fulfill your basic needs and those of your family and yeah. kind of, like, it's Maslow's have hierarchy. some fun Maslow? with it. Yeah, Maslow. Yeah. Hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> the... The people who have a ton, a ton of money, the super rich people, they're not necessarily super happy. It's not, yeah. it's not, um, correspondent. It's not. It doesn't scale. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio yeah. of money to happiness because at some point when you get super rich, you start comparing yourself to other super rich people. Yeah. And just, you want things that the other rich people have. You don't, you get kind of out my of realism. My yacht is only 80 feet long and his <laughs> yacht is 82 feet long. Why is he so much better than me? I feel me? like 80 feet is really short for a yacht. Oh. Well, then maybe he has a right to be a <laughs> depressed <laughs> about his yacht size. <laughs> Right, so maybe marry rich, you know, do some brainstorming, or uh, or talk to a trusted friend or family member or a mental health professional. Oh, that's actual good advice. <laughs> yes, awesome. Well, on that note, I think this episode has come to a close. Yep. Um, thanks for listening, folks. I hope you have. Uh, gleaned some wisdom from the many things that from we said. the nonsense that we continuously spout. Yeah, I'm sure if you say enough things, you'll say some smart right. things. Someone's going to agree with something you say eventually. It's like a thousand monkeys typing and a thousand typewriters are going to type Hamlet. And yeah, I've always heard the two of us talking. <laughs> the two of us. Hamlet is Shakespeare. No, I know. <laughs> the two of us talking for a half hour, just saying nonsense. We bound, we bound, <laughs> we're bound to have said we talk one so smart good. thing. We talk so good. We're we, so smart. We talk pretty. <laughs> we talk pretty so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you have any questions for us, leave us a comment on our SoundCloud track or send us an email at askchattahoochee at gmail.com. I don't know why I felt to say that in tandem <laughs> with you, but I did. 
Chattahoochee is C H A T A H O O C H E E, just yeah. in case, because it's not spelled like the actual river. Yeah, that's it's... <laughs> that's probably where most of our questions go to the river. <laughs> we'll just throw them into the river. I can't blame. I, I don't blame them. In bottles. Anyway, <laughs> good night, folks. Good night. <laughs>